0: Hey, hey, mamas, it's your girl Marissa here with the official Midwest Mama podcast, a production of the only all women curated local publication, Midwest Mama magazine. When you tune into our all new podcast, you can expect to hear from inspiring local women who are leading businesses, running and starting businesses, mothers and non mothers alike. And we're here to share stories that will inspire, encourage and empower each of us to realize our own potential. We invite you to come along with us as we hear and learn from women who are tackling big goals and big dreams, facing both familiar and unfamiliar challenges. We're going to be dropping new episodes on you at least monthly, and you can always find them for free wherever you get your podcasts. Or you can always visit us at midwestohmama.com. Hey, hey, mamas. We are right back here with you, excited to have our next guest joining us today, Dre Whitson of Hair by Dre. You guys, if you guys have not picked up a copy of the Midwest Mama magazine, um, you need to. Just a few pages in, you will see this gorgeous woman. It's actually titled Hello Beautiful. Um, As she tousles her lovely dark locks, Uh, she has been uh, beautifying women uh, for the past uh, over 15 years as an independent uh, beauty industry expert, from hair to all kinds of things. And you guys are going to get to know all about Dre and her business. Um, But what's really cool about Dre's story that she's going to share with us today, day um, is that she uh, is going to be um, shifting her business focus um, in the future. She's going to be what we're calling Pivoting Her Passion. Um, and I think this is a series that we're actually going to get into because we're learning and meeting a lot of women business owners who um, have spent a number of years in, in, in a certain industry or in a certain space and have developed new passions as their industries have evolved, as their lives have evolved, their passions have evolved also. Oh, and yes. so <laughs> that's what we, we're excited to talk with you today, Dre, about your passion pivot and learn all about um, Hair by Dre as well.
1: So welcome. Super excited. Thank you for having me. Awesome.
0: (laughs) So great. Tell us a little bit about um, Hair by Dre. Tell us your history, kind of like, you know, what made you want to become a hairdresser and what's sort of your area of of expertise? What do you focus on?
1: Um, So I focus on doing hair for 16 years. Um, I've been self-employed. I rent a space at Salon Lofts. I've been there almost seven years. Uh, This November will be seven years. Um, I was at an Aveda salon almost nine so I love having my own space, making my own schedule, doing my own thing. Um, I, I feel like there's just times in your life where you need a change. Um, about a decade ago, my stepfather had passed away. He owned his business. My mom had a clothing boutique. Um, my father drove a truck for a living, had his own business. And then my grandfather had a Shell gas station. So I always just say that it was kind of in my blood, if you will, um, so after he had, my stepfather, Mike, had passed away, I just kind of wanted a change. I I decided two years after he passed away, I'm like, I'm going to make a change. I'm going to take a leap. I'm going to do this. And I always talk about the Steve Harvey analogy. I love it. He's like, you have to take the risk. You have to like take the chances, like jump out of the airplane. It's going to feel like the parachute's not going to open, but you got to jump out of it and you got to take a chance. And I feel like my family and my parents always instill that in me just to be brave and just, you know, try. I think everyone's so scared to fail, but you're not going to fail yourself if that's your passion and that's what you want. Um, So I have a little bit over 300 clients. They're amazing. Um, I stopped working weekends last weekend, so I usually just do three 11-hour days in a row. And then on the side, I've done some photography here and there.
0: (laughs) So what kind of, uh, so you see over
1: 300 clients. Uh Uh-huh.
0: How did you build your clientele up over the 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 past? So you said like about 10 years ago is when you were like, you know what, I'm going to yeah. I'm going to hone in on this and sure. make this my my business. Sure. How did you go about building your clientele up over that time period? That's that's a huge number of clients yes. that trust you with their hair. Sure.
1: So I originally started my um training through the Aveda Institute um When I did that, it was in Hyde Park. Now it's in, I think, Westchester. So it was very hardcore. I feel like there I got such good education. Like you do so many haircuts, hundreds and hundreds. You do so many colors. And it's a school. People forget about it's a school because it's that good. And not that you don't make mistakes, you do, Um, but it's a great foundation, you know, They don't mess around. They don't deal with cattiness. And I got it done in nine and a half months. And then it took a couple years to kind of build a clientele. And I think just being consistent... I mean, being a hairdresser isn't always the easiest. You're dealing with their problems. You're dealing with their personality. You're dealing with their hair. Therapy. Yeah, exactly. Not therapy. Therapy, right? Your hairdressers hair yeah.
0: always like turn they, into our therapists. Yes, they,
1: we like to think that we're therapists, but <laughs> they sit down in our chairs, and you hear—you literally hear it all. I tell people like nothing offends me. I've heard it all. So I think a lot of it is your reputation, but your character. You have to not take things personal, and in the beginning, I think you do but everything is going on in someone's life especially when they're in your chair you have to like not kind of brush it off you know what i mean personal. not take it personal and i'm sure that that takes
0: time to build up that skill like you said in the beginning maybe yeah. you don't have as tough of a skin but yeah that's part of the customer service yeah. i think of it yeah
1: and making mistakes that was the hardest you know turning someone's hair green you know they do a box color and i tell people i'm like not that i don't make mistakes if some if a color grabs or something happens you know how to fix it. You're not mm-hmm. freaking out. You mm-hmm. know. I never say it's just hair because hair is a big deal, but mm. you know what I mean? You just Yeah.
0: What advice do you have for um maybe some hairstylists that are just getting started to build that clientele? It sounds like Aveda yeah. was really good for that because you had as a student, people were coming into you and maybe you built your clientele that way. Yeah. But specifically, what did you do to get started? So when I you know it seems like hairstylists like
1: there's lots of hair. There's stylists, lots of hair you know. Like, how
0: do you cut through yeah. that noise and make a, a name or a brand for yourself?
1: I would say just the passion and the consistency. Um, so the Veda salon I worked at was great. So we had assist for, I don't know, 10 months or a year. You slowly get your station and just learning, trying to soak everything in. Um, so they would kind of feed you clients. And then when I left, I didn't have to sign a non compete. So that was kind of cool. Some you would with you. Yeah. yeah. And no one owns the clients; they can go to whoever they want to. But I think there, I learned so much, and I did get a lot of my clientele from there. I probably took eighty percent, but then you you know people move away; they go to college, they get jobs. Sure. So you have to constantly be on your game, kind of set yourself apart. And I love photography; I always have. I took it in high school. So I always just want to capture those pictures, my before and after pictures of my client and just be professional and like let people see your true work. Yeah. It kind of helped. When I first um, had a station, worked in an Nevada salon, I never, there wasn't like social media and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I know people could get their clients. I mean, I still get people from Instagram like, oh, I, I'm from New Jersey and I saw your your photos online, oh, awesome! You know, but I guess I just started from the ground up. Like, yeah. I'm ripping foils, I'm cleaning, I'm shampooing clients. Like, I kind of started that way. Yeah, and yeah. it was hard. It was hard to build a clientele. I feel like you're it's scrappy, broke, huh? You're broke for a couple years. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, so you developed. Let's let's kind of dig into that because I heard you just mentioned, like, you know, so one of the things that you've done over the years that's kind of special for your clients or just kind of something that sets you apart is these before and afters. Yes, now that's like, of course, that's what people do because (laughs) we're in, you know, Instagram land, Facebook, that's not that special, right? But when you got started, it was important for you to be able to set yourself apart and show these like before and afters. And that is what sort of when you started dipping your toe into photography. Is that right?
1: Yeah, a little bit. Um, I always kind of start like way back a little bit. Um, Yeah, take us back. Yes, I'll take you back a little bit. I met my husband at a car show. Um, this photographer there, Dan Kinsey, he's amazing. Dan Kinsey photography. He does a lot of weddings. He shot my wedding. After he shot my wedding, I loved the before and afters of the first look. So I said, can I work with you? How do I do this? Um, he's like, yeah, just, you know, we'll get you going. I had no idea what I was doing. I shot some weddings with him and I'm like, these are terrible. (laughs) You're probably not going to use any photos, whatever. I just like loved it. I loved, it was like magical shooting weddings with Dan. Um, so I kind of got started in that just a little bit, helping him on the side, mm-hmm. as well as um, kind of shooting my clients the before and after pictures. It, I, it took me a little bit, it took me probably a year and a half to shoot in manual. Mm-hmm. Like when I first started working with him, I had no idea how to even change a lens. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what do I do? So yeah, I kind of started there a little bit.
0: That's awesome. That's yeah. cool. Photography is always something that I think that people think just on the outside looking in. Yeah. Even in the digital age, you yeah. know, long we've long passed film, which is actually very complicated. Yeah. But you know, people think you just pick up a camera and shoot. And it's it's not that It's simple. complicated. It is not that yeah. easy to create beautiful images yeah. and to catch them at the right time for sure um, and so let's let's dig into that so you started to develop this passion for photography um, which kind of brings us to your passion pivot so you've been doing hair for a while now oh. it's something that you obviously love you know making people feel beautiful and feel yeah. good about themselves um, but talk to us about um, this unique business idea that you have come up with that specializes in celebration of life photography. What does that mean? I think people know what a celebration of life is, but what does celebration of life photography really mean? And why is that something um, that has become important to you? And Why are you pursuing this?
1: Um, So I'm going to go back just a little bit. Um, I tragically lost my father late Christmas night, 2020. He um, was a truck driver for almost 30 years. He always helped people. He would get out of his semi and help people in car accidents and so forth. Um, He lost his life helping somebody and died in the process. Um, Very tragically, it was really hard. Um, This person hit him and He was on foot, but this other person came through, hit him on foot. Um, When my dad was on foot, left the scene, he turned himself in. He's in jail. So we had talked to him in court, and it was a long process. It was hard to kind of process everything, and my world got flipped upside down. And I thought, you know, I was in some just dark, dark times, and um, I know what true grief is. In the beginning, it was so hard. I just kind of wished God just... Let me have a brain aneurysm in the night. Let me just pass away. Like, I can't do this. How am I going to do this? Um, It was so many layers to my father's death of not knowing where his body was, to calling my attorney, trying to figure all this stuff out. And it was very hard. And it changed me. It changed me so much. So nine months later, um, Dan reached out to me. And actually, it wasn't Dan. It was um, two brothers own this mechanical shop. Awesome people, awesome family. Um, One of the brothers had passed away tragically. Um, They asked me to photograph the celebration of life at Spring Grove without hesitation. I just knew. I'm like, if anybody can do this, it's me. I know what that phone call is in the night for someone to pass away so Mm. tragically. Mm -hmm. Um, So this person had got killed in a motorcycle accident. So I just felt like if anyone understands this, I get it. I don't know your exact pain but I get it and I can do this. And I didn't want anyone else to photograph it, but Dan or myself and the shop a week prior replaced my car battery. Hmm. And I've never really told anyone this, but that day I went in the shop, they had t-shirts and something told me to buy a t-shirt for whatever reason. I never did. A week later, the brother passed away. So they, they had a car show at this, um, at Spring Grove. They did all this beautiful stuff. And, I edited the photos. It was so hard. I think I cried the whole day. But I'm like, I want to do this. I'm going to make it beautiful. I made this awesome album, all these keepsakes. And looking back months later, I reached out to the brother and I said, would you be okay if I... You know, not that I needed his blessing. I just wanted to kind of tell him like, and I still haven't really told him this. I just feel like it changed my life. And... um. I had a different outlook on it, and this his brother had passed away. I had two kids; I think they were five and seven at the time. And she said, "You know, his kids. This is their legacy. He can they can look back on something." And I didn't think of it like that. And the day was okay. I I could handle the emotions. You know, like I was just. This is my vision. I'm gonna photograph this. I'm gonna make it beautiful. I'm gonna do all the details of like you're you're their eyes when they're grieving. Like yeah. so I'm taking pictures of the flowers and the details are what's on the card, all that kind of stuff. And it literally changed my life. And looking back, I guess a couple months later, when i reached out, I said, Thank you so much for trusting me. This actually helped me in my own process yes. of grieving. And looking back, I'm like, at least I got 37 years to my dad. And I'm just so passionate about this, and I just, I love hair. Like, I've come a long way from the beginning, and I love people, and I'm easy to talk to, and I just feel like I truly understand their tragedy and their grief. Not every single situation, but I know what it's like to be in those just dark holes. And, Mm -hmm. like, I read this book that's pretty awesome, actually. I read a lot of books, and after I lost my dad, I kind of... Did a lot of soul searching, and I'm like, "What's the point of all this?" And um, I read this book. A rabbi wrote it. It's called "The Beauty of What Remains," and it was so beautiful. And it's just a dif- different perspective on life. When this uh, kind of like famous rabbi lost his father, he would do all these funerals or ceremonies, and he didn't really understand grief until he lost his own father. And I can relate. And he's like, "Sometimes you just have to like go with the wave. Don't fight the wave. Feel the emotions." Grief is an interesting thing because people tell you strange things like, you got to move on or this this, or so that. And it's like, it's not an event, it's a process. Mm -hmm. So I feel like the first year I was trying to process probate and paperwork and I literally pretty much did it all. And I ran a business of 300 clients. So it was not easy, but it changed my life. And I'm so looking forward. It's a slow process with the website and the name and the logo And the packages I'm going to do, and I just think it's such a, this is the beauty of what remains. There's still so much beauty of what remains when our loved ones are gone, and I want to show people that. And never in my wildest dreams, after my dad died, I I knew something would happen to him on the highway. I didn't know how, but I'm like, one day I'm going to get a phone call. You passed away on the highway. Never like this. I had a feeling something was going to happen to him. I woke up that morning. I felt like an eeriness. I went to work and I told my first client, today is an eerie day. He was already gone. I found out later that night. So I just kind of intuitive sometimes. And I knew this story would come to light. I didn't know how, but I felt like it's my way to give back. It's my way to help other people with their grief. Yeah. And I'm so, I love it. I'm so passionate yeah. about helping people. You know, as sad as it is, like, I love it. Yeah.
0: Well, it sounds like,
1: um, I was going to
0: say, and I didn't want to interrupt you, but that you know, this business, it has been your therapy, really, and, and thinking about it. And instead of keeping that to yourself,
1: yes, yes.
0: Uh, you want to share that with other families who mm-hmm. have to deal with loss, because we all have to deal with yes. loss. Our last episode, I interviewed Logan Mitchell-Hines, and you know, She took over Mitchell's from her mother, Deborah, Mm -hmm. and she, you know, kind of very similar to you. um, While she was deeply grieving, she talked about choosing to focus on those, I think almost 37 years, 36 years that she did, 35 years that she did have with her mother and everything that she was able to learn and glean from her. Yeah. Um, And how that legacy has carried on. And so, what I think is kind of really cool and beautiful about your story, Dre, is that, you know, this is a way for your father yes. to really live on through um through your passion.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and I th- I like the idea of um I think we use the word funeral a lot. Yeah. And then you you the word funeral invokes black dresses and Tears and somberness, and they're sad. Yeah. Um, what a mind flip! What a what a paradigm shift to yes. talk about celebrating someone's life. Yes. It's not a new concept. I mean, people have called, you know we try and call it that, but like, what does it look like to really celebrate a person's life? Um, and not for them. At the end of the day, it's not for them. Yeah. It's for us. Yeah. It's for us yeah. to be able to have closure and yes. to be able to have tangible things that um give us comfort that we can cling to. Um because grief actually never it never when you lose a parent, you know
1: that you never get day. over you it. don't. I, you don't I always say you learn how to deal with it and it makes you stronger. And I do. I feel like grief teaches you a lot of things. Sometimes pain is our greatest teacher. Yeah. So um so this business will offer, what, what is your vision
0: right now for, you know, how you will be able to support families who are celebrating their loved ones who have moved on?
1: So I think I'm going to, I'm s- still in the process of sure. everything kind of coming together slowly as I still run my first business. Uh-huh. Yes. Um. I kind of want to keep it just simple. Maybe they could do an a la carte, like purchase extra keepsakes. But if I just do package one, two, and three,
0: right. people
1: are grieving, they're sad. I mean they're probably lucky to take a shower that day, you know, get out of bed. So I just feel like it's not going to be for everybody, but it's such a great way to help heal and have something to always look back on because we're all going to pass away at one point. right? So it's nice just to have. I recently attended a a
0: celebration of life. Uh, My husband's, um, for all intents and purposes, his stepfather passed away at 87 and we were just in Detroit. Um, at his funeral. And um, we were commenting as we were waiting around in the graveyard for them to dig the hole. Story for another day, you guys. Yes. Could you imagine? But we were all standing around and we wound up and in the 25 minutes or so, we were standing around waiting to have some place to to put him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all these family photos in front of the limousine you know like and it just kind of turned into this like little photo shoot it was a beautiful day yes we had already done a lot of crying you know at the yeah. you know at the funeral home and now yeah. we're here it's a gorgeous day this is where he's going to be laid to rest and i think there was a little bit of just a, a sigh of relief you know you get through that process of yeah. you know the funeral part. Sure. Um, and everybody was taking photos. And we were like, oh, okay, can you take our family? Can you take our family? Yeah. And we have all these, I mean, rare, where's like these beautiful pictures. Yeah. Because my my little boy who's only 18 months had never met um one of his uncles and yeah. his other aunt That's because awesome. we all live all over the yeah. country. Um and hello pandemic, right? Yes. So it's just been very different. And We have all these beautiful family photos. It's a time when you know a lot of extended family might might be together. So we don't often think about celebrations of life or funerals as opportunities to capture um, memories with our loved ones. But they are absolutely really good opportunities, um, you know. And you see that genuine connection because a lot of times you come together at funerals and you haven't seen each other for a long time. And yeah, um, it's just it's just just an interesting concept to. Look at that, and take that as an opportunity to celebrate—not sure. just the life of the person who's passed, yeah. but to, in the moment, celebrate the lives of those touched by that person. Yes. So, Dre, um, talk to us about what people will get tangibly, you know, as they engage with your new photography business at their celebration of life. Talk to us about um, your experience delivering um, what you call a keepsake album to your very first client.
1: So it was great. I had kind of a vision for after I shot the photos there was no you know packages or there was no album or I just I couldn't deliver them to him and I didn't want to deliver them in an email and I didn't want to just give him like an you um, wanted to a make flash drive. I wanted to make it personal. special exactly. And a good friend of mine has a uh, shoots senior pictures in Dayton and she's awesome. So I went to her studio years ago, saw all these awesome albums and I'm like, I got to have these, who made these? Um, So I just had this vision and I did this amazing eight by eight album. The front was acrylic and then it was wrapped in like a gray leather and it just showcased all the photos. It was so pretty. I cried when I looked at it, when I delivered it, the brother um, got emotional and it just, captures the day. It just brings you in. It makes you feel like you're there and you can do like custom gilding, you know, gold, silver, whatever. And we did like a glass, almost like a, a, it was actually like a glass stained glass, like a custom stained glass. So I did a couple like little acrylic cubes. I edited all the photos and then just did little keepsakes in there for him I printed out a couple hundred four-by-six photos and, like, wrapped it in a um, in a ribbon. And I got him a bottle captain with a <laughs> bow on it. <laughs> yeah. um, so I just wanted yeah. something cool and different. And I told some of his buddies at work what I was doing. I'm like, what does Evan like to drink? And they told me. Yeah. So I did all that, put it all together, and I came in and I delivered it to him. And it was really special. And I'm like, okay, I don't know. Maybe I can do this down the road. We'll just yeah. see as I'm trying to like work through my grief at the time. So um I think they'll all be kind of different. You know, you can do a little tiny glass four by six box, keepsake. I think the packages will just go on the pricing and whatever yeah. people yeah. want we'll or be able to customize it. You can customize whatever, yeah.
0: So Dre, what are your next steps as you think about launching um, your business as we go throughout the rest of 2022? What's kind of your timeline? I know you mentioned you're taking it slow, but where are you going with it?
1: Possibly launching this site end of August, possibly the latest um, mid-September. So yeah, so Bar Time Creative, aka Andrea Tarter, is amazing, <laughs> and her team. Yep. They're awesome. So she really brought, helped bring this vision to life. I always say there's so many creative people out there. And Andrea always says, we're all kind of the same. We just have different things that we're good at. And I just stay in my lane. I don't try to do wedding hair and extensions. I just stick with my color and what I'm good at. Um, so I don't know how to design a website. I don't have a vision for that. I have a vision more for the keepsake stuff and and that sort of thing, putting albums together, um, doing like the little acrylic blocks, certain things like that. And then her vision would be more of her team helping do, you know, the logo, right. the website. So really launching the and developing
0: the brand, yes. right? Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, that'll be really neat. So you're launching a, you're going to be launching a new website. You're going to go through a creative branding session and you guys are going to be figuring out the right name yes. and that sort of thing.
1: Mm-hmm. It's also exciting. Like it's what, exciting. Yeah, yeah it it's is. awesome. Like, how does that make you feel? Pretty good. Yeah. Like it's neat when you have a vision and it comes to life. It slowly comes to life. I love it. Kind of like Andrea's business. She reached out to me before she launched um, Midwest Mama. And I was like, I support you. I think this is awesome. You should do it. I know you're probably scared. Everybody gets scared. I was nervous to leave the salon and start my own business. But this, it's different. There's zero hesitation. I know I can do it. So that's very comforting. <laughs> that is comforting when you've got, and that, no one else is really com- doing it. Yeah, that confidence and it
0: is really, yeah. it is really unique. I it's do think it's really unique, and yeah. I don't believe that people think about photography as you know a box that they need to check. Yeah, you know when they're when they're when they're dealing with with end of life preparations for sure. Um, but what a cool way, you know. I think on the front end, like I want to make it really easy on my people. I, I think that's like <laughs> the, I think maybe the, one of the most the best way you can bless your family. Yeah, is to take the guesswork out of it. Have them know what you want. Mm-hmm. If you don't want a funeral, and you want a party, then you yes. tell them that. Mm-hmm. And like, I could imagine, like, okay, guys, just so you know, put me in a pine <laughs> box. Don't spend money on like, <laughs> put me in some coffin that costs like thousands of dollars. Commit me back to there, please. And hire keepsakes by Dre. I don't know what you're gonna do, <laughs> so that we can have amazing photography. That's awesome um, of people crying laughing and smiling and remembering just
1: getting the emotion the for good the stuff. day yeah. yeah yeah
0: yeah i think it's i i wish you so much success Thank i you. think it's a really cool concept that obviously is coming from your heart yeah and uh something that logan said on the last podcast was like you know as long as you start out with um good hearts intention yeah it really sets everything on the right path you know even even the setbacks and the mistakes and the and the failures that that you will have along the way sure. as any new business will yeah. have when your heart is set and directed, you know, due north, it makes yeah. a really big difference in how we're able to weather those those ups and downs.
1: Oh, for sure, that's great. Yeah. 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 So
0: we like to end every podcast with um, just a piece of advice or a quote or um, just something that inspires you or helps you kind of tackle your days um, from your mother or a mother figure in your life. Um,
1: is there anything like that on the top of your mind that you could share with us and our listeners? I would say like personally, like I think attitude is everything, but my mother would always say running her own business and dealing with a lot of people and the public and that sort of thing. She owned a clothing boutique for maybe Mm. 10, 15 years, but she said, I, I I still hold this dear to my clients and like every day in my life I try to is it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Mm. Just be a professional, you know? So I think I love that advice.
0: It's not what you say; it's how you say it. Mm-hmm. It's all about the tone, that's right. sometimes. That's right. Yeah, that's that's great advice as we sit here on a podcast, right? <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Well, Dre, thank you so much for coming in. I know you're fresh off a flight too. Um, so thank you you've blessed us with your story. Thank you for being vulnerable. Yeah. Um, I didn't even realize that um, uh, the passion for your business was really born out of your own grief yeah. and. Um, it takes a, a lot of bravery and courage to take something...
1: Um, what's the name of the book again? Reminder listeners? Um, the Beauty of What Remains. The Beauty
0: of What Remains. And it also reminds me of uh, um, sort of just like out of the ashes. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. so taking creating beauty out of things that are ugly. Yeah. So... Um, Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Guys, we will make sure that you know all about Dre's (laughs) new business as she develops it over the course of the next uh, six to nine months. I'm sure you'll be seeing more from her and... Uh, If you haven't had a chance to pick up our most recent edition of Midwest Mama, please head over to midwestohmama.com, and you can check out Dre and all of our other fabulous Midwest Mamas in our very first uh, magazine edition. Okay, Mamas, that takes us to the end of our most recent podcast. Thank you again, Dre, for joining us. We are going to be coming back at you soon with episode number six, and we are going to be focusing on franchisees. Should you buy a franchise or should you start your own business? We're going to have an in-depth chat with AKT fitness owner, Amanda Davis, who's going to tell us all about how she danced her way into being a franchise owner. We're looking forward to talking to you again soon. Until then, go out there and get it, mama.